0: I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real life hardship. And we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom. And that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her Podcast H E A L. Honor, elevate, and love her podcast formerly known as the My Stilettos Podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey toward wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. UC and Monique Prince continued to build their marriage covenant while doing business, community outreach, and raising their 10 children as a team. UC and Monique established All My Sons Hair of Art Studio, a storefront barbershop from 2012 to 2021, and operated two locations. They were creating mentorship and a safe and welcoming environment within the community. Prince was known as the barber, educator, teaching and training a marketable job skill to young men and women. UC, also known as Prince Shepherd, has released two albums, The Rebirth and America's Gothic, available on all platforms. Monique founded Beauty Secrets, Inc. over 10 years ago. It's an empowerment hub that edifies women through faith, masterminds and networking events. During the pandemic, the couple pivoted to real estate investing through Prince Estate Corp with a passion for educating their community on the power of partnership and recycling investments. UC and Monique were featured on Global News for their dynamic duo ability in business while raising their 10 children together. So please welcome to the show, UC and Monique Prince.
1: Good day, good day, good day.
2: Good day, good
0: day, afternoon, good afternoon how are you both doing?
1: We are doing well. We are doing We're well. well. Super, super excited to be here with you on the phone. And thank you so much for the opportunity, McKinney. Yes, yes, yes uh,
3: thank you.
0: <laughs> I'm excited to have this conversation for many different reasons. So we'll start with one. Um, Monique, I had you on the show the very first year. So it was almost five years ago. Um, and there's been so much evolution in your own journey. But the beauty of why I'm excited today is having both you and your husband here to talk about the evolution and the growth of your journey together. I'm beyond excited, especially because I feel like online, we see people's highlight reels and and get little glimpses of their life. And we get to see, you know, Mo, well, for for those who are listening, I know Monique on a personal level. So I am going to refer to, now on from here on in as Mo and I am going to refer to UC as Prince. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's right. But you know people may view your life Mo even if they're watching you on social media and see that you guys have 10 beautiful children and they don't understand the workings or even how things flow within your relationship and I feel blessed and honored to be able to you know, have the opportunity to even be in your home sometimes and see the beauty of how things flow and having conversations with you and your husband. So I wanted to share a little bit of that with the world today.
1: Absolutely, uh, Makini. And I'm going to try my best to call you by your full name because, you know, <laughs> same thing on this end, right? But I truly take it as a pleasure and an honor to be on heal her podcast for the second time. You know, the first time I was on, it was a walk in my stilettos. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, I made it a second time. Amen. But (laughs) I, I, but I thank you. And I know that if the listeners even go back to, I believe it was the 41st episode with me individually, as you said, almost five years ago and listen to this one, they also will be like, okay, is that the same lady? Because Mm -hmm. a lot, you know, a lot has happened and, um, all things working together for good, and so even to have my husband on this interview is is such an honor. And remember, we said, Mac, I said, you sure you want <laughs> on this interview? Are you sure you want? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> but I... <laughs> and he said yes, and so that speaks numbers to me. And I'm so thankful for your podcast, and so proud of what you're doing. And so here we are. Let's go.
0: <laughs> so, as the listeners will learn, um, yeah. your husband Prince is very straightforward, uh, straight shooter, and I, I love- am. I here's my thought process. I I love being around people who are straight, who don't need to sugarcoat, who can handle the truth, because those are the people right. that I surround myself with. And but I am aware that not everyone is comfortable with that, so. I mean, even the invitation for us to have this conversation stemmed from a conversation (laughs) where we were talking about, I guess, even the delivery of the same message. Because I think we were Mm. all, you know, on different, I'm going to say, we had different perspectives in the conversation. And both myself and the other person present felt that you and your husband were saying the same thing, but one of you was saying it gently (laughs) and the other... (laughs) as being straight shooter. (laughs) You got it. You got it. You got it. it. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, typically I like to go back into the very beginning to get an understanding before we get to where you are presently. So before we jump into, you know, the, the, you know, the differences of you both and how you support each other and your relationship and all of that, let's start at the very beginning. Let's start with. How long have you guys been together okay so pops
1: since you're here you go for it
2: no you go for it
1: (laughs) you see there we're starting here we go um so hubby and i you know my husband prince and i have been together for many years over 20 plus years Uh, my husband has known me since i was a very little girl Um, He's a few years my senior, and so he's witnessed me coming up. And uh, when he knew me as a little girl, there was absolutely no intention, right? I'm just a little girl in the neighborhood, skipping a skipping rope, eating freezies, you know, having lollipops. Um, But he got to witness me growing up. And my husband, uh, in his career and, and what he was pursuing, which was music and just the world of arts. He traveled a lot back and forth, so he wasn't in Canada um, very often. But for some reason, he incrementally got to tap in and check in on me somehow, some way. I'd, I'd bump into him, so he's known me for a very long time. Um, my husband became my love at I want to say my late teens, and it's almost like the rest is history. Something a fun fact about us is that we were together for many years, had family and we're not married and when we changed our course of life and just changed our path and and started to you know seek just our faith we started to understand the importance of marriage and covenant and so we are officially married 11 amazing years and um but have been together for over 20 plus years
0: congratulations like, Thank you so much <laughs> on on so many levels. On like uh, not just like for a relationship, but on a personal level. I mean, today's relationships don't seem to last that long. You guys have been together for over twenty years. You have been married for eleven years. You have ten beautiful children, and just seeing the connection between you both is definitely something to admire. So you know, for those of you that are just listening in, go and follow them on social and get connected and follow their journey because there's so much you can learn about union and about connection and about family just by watching them as an example.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, McKinney. You're thank welcome. You, thank you.
0: So let's jump into, I guess we can start with, you know, what were both of your aspirations as teenagers and how does that connect to what you do today?
3: Man,
2: <laughs> you know what? For me, you guys can hear me. I'm Claire.
0: Yep. absolutely. Yeah.
2: The thing for me, so my journey, my journey, starting off, I guess, to make a long story short, I'm I'm a a, a young man that is gifted in the arts. So my journey. Going down from my younger years into now has always been in the state of creation. Anything that allows me to create um, God has blessed me to be able to to be able to create and use my mind in order to open the doors in my in my life and at the same time still be you know stable minded and still have a balance to be able to play my position as a husband and as a father and as a son. And as a brother to my siblings, I've been able to have a, a balanced mind due to having that, that privilege of being, um, gifted with the arts. So I was always going to be down the area of arts in the sense of music. Um, you know, we ran a barber shop for 10 years and I still was able to take the arts and kind of put it into that because barbering, haircutting, fashion, it's all in the arts. So I've been able to, you know, be gifted with that and has been able to give me a sanity and approach things in my in my relationship. Um, and that just came from, I think, being young and just being creative. And I think once you're in a relationship, if you come from, I mean, for me at least, being in the artistic background, I'm able to create things in our relationship between me and my wife, on um, things I think that might work, that might seem unorthodox, but I tend to spend time just trying to create, like, maybe she'll like this, Maybe I should try to do this. I don't really spend time mirroring other relationships because I think sometimes when we see relationships, they kind of they kind of either the cameras are on, or as when we're doing it on a podcast, and we tend to want to sugarcoat or find the right word so that it doesn't sound inappropriate. But I, I, I believe in you know just being able to be a creative and just when you're that way, you speak your mind and you be able to give a, a clear canvas so that you know relationships that are really really genuinely struggling can hear are we the only ones going through this or are we the only ones that see that i kind of always use that 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 door to be able to make sure that everyone that's listening or at least comes into contact with us have that experience
0: mm-hmm. i love that mo what about you
1: what my, were my aspirations growing up i i think i mentioned it in the first interview but amazingly mm-hmm. enough crazily enough I remember at eight or nine years old, um, a friend of mine, we were just walking home and she said to me, Monique, if you had one wish, what would it be? And I don't know where it came from, but I said, I would like to, I would wish for healthy children mm. and full circle. Here I am, 10 healthy children, God be praised. I think I was the little girl who played house and played mommy and always used my imagination. So. I was a little girl who dreamt. I dreamt lots of many different things. And I always had a desire to help. I always found myself in some form of servitude, volunteering at schools and things like that. So I know coming up, there was a bigger plan for my life. And I can look back now and see how all the steps that I had taken then has led me to exactly who I am today
0: hmm. hmm. Absolutely. And Prince, when you were speaking about your marriage and saying that, you know, rather than being um, or using others as a, a mirror and mimicking what they're doing in, in their relationships, you invest time in getting to know your wife and what her needs are. How do you feel that has benefited your relationship and strengthened your connection?
2: Oh wow man, it's it's benefited in so much different ways. Um my initial response when I stated that, you know, mimicking, you know, others' relationships. My first, you know, relationship that I seen that I didn't want to mimic was my own parents. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, um sometimes you have these parents where especially, you know, they're from the Caribbeans, you know, they have these I think culturally we as people of our culture, we tend to say that, you know, we don't express, but we show it, you know, you know, I know my mom loves me. So she doesn't really tell me she loves me every day. If I'm leaving, as I go out the door, she's going out the door. She doesn't say, love you, mom. I don't say, love you, That We don't do that, but we know by the actions. And then we come to find out as we get the privilege to become adults that, you know what, that stuff matters.
3: Mm-hmm. It really
2: matters. It matters. The the, the effect of words, you know, it's a, the words are so powerful. You have to be able to Um, step into that position or walk in those shoes or those stilettos and (laughs) really say to someone, listen, um, my father never said it to me, but I'm going to do some of the things that are unorthodox that my father never did. And what I've done is basically apply a lot of the things that my father wasn't doing towards my wife. I was just telling her earlier that I don't have a, a, a manual to what I've done to come to this point to continue to grow within our marriage it's just about me seeing the things as a boy child, seeing your mother not get, you know, mm-hmm. you seeing her not get that support. You see her not being, you know, met in the middle to be able to do certain things that she may want to do. And that there's no question. I don't remember my father ever asking my mom what her initial desire or her initial want, what she wanted to do before becoming a nurse. I don't think it's always the 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 initial thing that when we are end all doesn't mean that's what our our initial dream was we just kind of fall into place and say okay well now I'm a parent I got to do this to bring an in income I've never heard my father ask those questions and and I kind of took those those mental notes and I and I said you know if, it, if the if the Lord we serve gives me a chance to ever become a husband I'm gonna try these things I don't know mm-hmm. if they're gonna work but I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt them because I know that my dad didn't do it and, and to prevail, it's, it's, it, you know, to avail, it's working and I'm prevailing in that area. But the, the thing about it when it's working is that then your partner tends to grow in another area. So then you got to continue to, I was telling my wife, I said, you're like a science project. I'm always having to study her. I'm studying her consistently every day. I listen to what she says when she's having a conversation, not eavesdropping, but eavesdropping for the, but for the betterment of saying, well, you know what? I heard her say that she really wants to do this. Let me see if I can surprise her.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Let me pay attention to it because I'm I'm very aware as a male that I only get to do this once. Right. I only get to be a father once. I only get to be a husband once. You know, it doesn't include people saying, "Well, I've been married before. I got married again." That's not initially the way you're supposed to do it. Right. We're supposed to try to get it done with the first person if that's the you know in the Lord's will. So I just try to take what what it is that I seen growing up, which was the opposite and more negatives, and say, you know what, let me try to apply something different. And if it works, it works. And if I don't get it right. Hopefully that what we display, our children will be able to grow up and apply it in their relationships.
0: Mm -hmm. So when you were saying that your, you know, your parents example was one that you, you know, wanted to do different from. uh, It reminds me. So there was a, a post that someone posted recently on. I think it was Facebook where she was asking if we felt that our childhood And childhood experiences and wounds and such affected who we are today and it's like absolutely (laughs) like duh you know so it's (laughs) not just the thing like the minor things that happen but everything at the end of the day we are all adults that are still trying to process our childhood wounds our childhood traumas the things that we saw and experienced as children that we are you know trying to to heal from or unlearn or relearn or whatever that is but i I love how you've been able to take those experiences as a child. And as you evolve as a person and as you grow as a person, it's like you even just understanding, you know, love languages, like, yeah, you saw your dad do certain things, but not do certain things. And you realize that all of the aspects of the love language are required in order to connect and honor the your partner, the person that you're with. And You even realizing her constant evolution, you know, where you said you're constantly having to learn her because at the end of the day, we've never really arrived or never stop growing because anything that's not growing is dying. So you understanding that she is constantly changing and evolving. It's not like you're saying, well, I've been with this person for 20 plus years. I know them. No, you're investing the time in getting to know her continually as she evolves so that you can maintain that connection that's what i got from
2: (laughs) absolutely 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 i
0: love it and
1: that's so good i remember when my husband first said i'm like a science project i was like what did you just say (laughs) (laughs) i was so offended i was like i'm a science project what (laughs) um but then again when we sat down and i listened to him and that part it's like monique Just hear how I'm conceptualizing things in my mind. I'm Mm -hmm. not, this is not negative. I'm trying to tell Mm -hmm. you and give you a visual of how it's, I purpose to learn you because you're constantly changing. I was like, oh, okay. Then I'm a magic project type of thing. (laughs)
0: Listen, perspective (laughs) is everything, right? And our our perspective, how we view things is our reality. It doesn't mean that it is actual reality, doesn't mean it is truth, but our perspective shapes our reality. So every single one of us, based on our past experiences, based on the environment we were in, our thought process, our beliefs, all these things shape our perspective. You and I could experience the exact same thing and our perspective of it could be completely opposite based on our own past and history and thoughts and beliefs and morals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I and I think just to insert in listening to,
1: I call my husband pops. So just to insert and in listen to, to what, you know, um, my husband was saying, I, I think it's important that we give ourselves permission to revisit and remember some of the experiences we had when we were younger. I feel mm-hmm. like it's told to us, like, get over it. That was your childhood. You're an adult now. Figure it out. But there's no denying that our childhood has affected who we are as as adults,
3: Mm -hmm. right?
1: So I find myself revisiting my childhood a lot and now turning um, a lot of negative or traumas and becoming more solution oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, just like a quick example, our twins who are six years old, they went to the zoo the other day and I was just talking to hubby and I said, you know, babe, I want them to have rain boots. Do they do their rain boots still fit? And so he was like, you know what, let me check. And he realized that they were too small. So he ran out there and got rain boots and then got them ponchos and that did something for me that felt like it was healing Mm -hmm. the child in me. Because Mm -hmm. I remember when I was younger and my mom me to a more multicultural school where I seen kids that did not look like me. They had rain boots, they had rain jackets, they had umbrellas, and sometimes you're out there standing in the rain being soaking wet. And um, I'm not speaking from a hurt place, I'm speaking from a healed place, you know, sometimes you're given a garbage bag to put over, <laughs> they put two holes in it and a, and a hole in the head so that you don't get wet. But it was always the desire to say, man, I wish my mom was able to do what these parents did. Right. And my mom was just, you know, I call her the beautiful Jamaican country girl, uh, the beautiful country girl who just got to Canada and she was just happy to be here. She was Mm -hmm. focusing on surviving um, more than providing an umbrella and a rain jacket and, and rain boots for her children. So I think it's important for us to visit our childhood but for more for solution oriented and healing reasons mm-hmm. more than living in trauma.
0: I love that you pointed that out. Cause I, I do believe I do agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um, I think sometimes there are some people who are reliving their trauma daily because they're, they're, they're living in the past. They're living based oh, yeah. on the memories of the past and they're basically processing the trauma over and over and over again. But then there are those of us that I believe that we look to our past to say, "What can we learn from this? How can we evolve going forward? How can we stop this generational trauma? How can we yeah. you know prevent our kids from having these type of things like our our yeah. parents unfortunately basically were in survival mode when they had us oh, yeah. you know they, oh, yeah. they gave us what they could based on what they had, which wasn't much, but you know they did what what they could. So a lot of what we experienced and what we saw, we may not necessarily want that for our children. So because we have technology and all these things and evolution that have come up since, you know, our parents were parents or like, you know, parenting us as children, we we know better. We have more privilege to do better than what they had. So. Something as simple as rain boots and a poncho to someone else is significant to us because those are things that our parents couldn't afford to provide for us. So I agree with you. But, you know, it's it's healing that inner child within because it's like, yeah, I'm not passing on that to my child. I'm allowing them to have the experiences of other cultures who are more privileged, or allowing them to have experiences without shame, or you know, any of those things. So I totally agree with you on that. Oh, no. Um, you spoke earlier about when you guys uh made a transition in your life and made the decision um to get married and understood the covenant of marriage. I would love to talk about your faith-based principles um and the marriage, because just as someone who has again had the privilege of being around you both, I remember many a times sitting in church and admiring how your family operates, even in church, um, seeing, you know, just the idea to someone who is listening and thinking, okay, trying to go to church and pay attention with 10 children beside you, someone with 10 unruly children would be like, Oh, that's a nightmare. I would never think of doing that, but I would sit beside and between you, all of you and your children. And it's so beautiful to watch how they're like, mommy's in a place of worship. Let me not disturb. And they would take care of each other. You know, everyone's sitting in a row, and they are, I guess, assisting each other so that they don't have to interrupt you, so you can still be able to absorb the word without distraction. Like I was like, "Wow, I wish I could do that with my three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too sweet. You know, um, thank thank you so much for that, McKinney. It it really is, it really is encouraging when there is a witness to what we do on the inside of our home before coming out you know so i'll just kind of start and i'll let hubby finish because you know i i give it to him hubby is a disciplinarian and that's what makes us work because um he has many of the things that i cannot carry Right. Um, That I don't have the capacity to carry. And as well as I have many of the things that he doesn't have the capacity to carry. And and God be praised. That's what makes us who we are. But I, I will say that starting out so young, you know, I feel like I always knew what I wanted um at a young age and and i have to give my disclaimer i wasn't prime i never wanted to be a big woman before my time you know kind of some of of the terms that we grew up but i definitely wanted to have family and and steward my family um and have the opportunity to do that i feel like it was a deep desire for me thus making that wish And when I made that wish, you know, my friend was like, you want to have healthy children. I just want to be pretty for the rest of my life, you know, type of thing. Um, So I feel like starting out so early, one of the things I I have to give my husband is my husband has always been supportive of me. He was always there for me. I think when we got to that point where he realized, okay, this young lady is going to keep going, like she's having those children, like she is, she is fertile and she's having those children. (laughs) He never turned his back on me. He was always supportive. It was always, okay, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to do that? So that's one of the things that we had, I want to say, prior to covenant, which is the marriage. Um, I I say this uh, because it's my my story. I never really had respect for marriage. I never seen the examples of marriage that I respected or that I even desired to have. I didn't see it. My mom... Um, always seeked love and and had relationships. And um, out of her relationships came children. uh, But there was never necessarily marriage. And so I was able to witness a woman very independent, very ambitious, very driven, and just working with what she got. And so so with that said, I, I never really had that adoration to be married or to be proposed to and things like that. Um, but, to fast forward a little bit, my husband and I coming together at, at very young for me in my you know late teens early twenties, and then him and I growing together when we came into understanding that through our faith, through our journey that Marriage is, is of God and it's a gift from God and and marriage is inviting God in to a union that you and your your partner has chosen and we started to understand the beauty and the power in it we 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 chased it and mm-hmm. we actually got married right in our living room I was wearing a pair of linen pants I actually asked my husband you know asked him if if we could get married that day <laughs> woke him up out of his mm-hmm. sleep you know type of thing and and then got to really see what the power of God's covenant really is what it looks like uh, i'll even be transparent and say when my husband and i came into union and got married mind you we have kids before we're raising a household before you know all of these things um even intimacy felt different you mm-hmm. know it felt like it was the first time it just it it just it was a it was different there was there was something spiritually shifting and different about it and so i'm gonna you know hand the mic over to the MC and let him take over <laughs> and speak about you know the component that you see when you see us walking together with the kids so go for it pod
2: yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah honestly you know mckinney i'm just i'm i'm i'm, I'm cut from a different cloth i'm just i'm raw um and, and i i'm on cut. It's just uh, for me, I believe that my life, God created my life for the purpose of other people, for people to learn from. And, you know, we're in a time where mental illness is at its all time high, Mm -hmm. all because I think mental illness became this subject or became this thing because majority of human beings have spent so much time lying to children when they're children, lying to them about what's real, what's fake. Lying to them, what's the difference between reality and a mirage? They've just been told these things, and then children, because we respect who tells us these things when we're little, and then we grow up into some sort of understanding to find out that the adult that was put here to lead us has been telling us a whole lie.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They've sold us this whole lie. So you're like, you really don't love mommy, or you really don't, you really are not a father of these 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 traits that you tried to sell to me. Mm -hmm. I've now come to find out. So then what happens is that we take that hurt and we then face it on the world that we live in. And we walk in those very shoes and we go out there and we don't trust relationships or Mm -hmm. we go into relationships copying the same hurt. So now we start hurting people and says, I don't really care. I don't really care. That's where we get terms. I don't really care for marriage. I really don't trust women like that. I have a girl, but she's my main girl. Mm -hmm. These males come up with these terms because it's what they're coming from and what they've been taught. So for me, I just, you know, seeing, you know, the family in, in, in church, for me, I'm just trying to I said to my sons and my daughters, I said that I'm an artist that tries to create a gallery. And it's up to me as the artist to put the right portraits on the wall so that when they look in that gallery they can see what it is they're supposed to see mm. to make their journey. So that's my that's my, my metaphor, my analogy is that the parents are responsible for hanging up the right portraits in the gallery for your children to look. And I know that maybe I didn't get that picture of marriage because my father and mother didn't do a good job in that area and no thrown at them, but they didn't really realize that they were responsible for hanging those those portraits up in the gallery for us to see. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do we make proper decisions in our life? How do we how how do we learn to trust people? How do we learn to recognize what love looks like? Well how do we recognize to know what someone's deception looks like?
3: Yeah. Do we
2: believe everything someone says? Do we know what it is? To, do we know the difference between believing, naive, gullible? How do we identify these things? We're not taught it at home if we come from these marriages that are that are broken, but they're trying to kind of like cover it to make you think that mom and dad is okay when really they're broken. Yeah. So for me, I have no manual. In, in church, when I see my wife in worship, it was always, I wasn't born Christian. I never had that introduced to me. My wife had it introduced to her very young. So even when I came into Christ and gave my life to the Lord, it was my wife is the one that walked me there. So I mm-hmm. knew that the Lord sent her, her dynamic coming into quarters with me. Our connection was that she was created to walk me into Christ.
3: Mm.
2: There's no other reason. It wasn't by accident. God don't make accident. There's no luck in God. God is always God. And when she brought me into that, I had such adoration but honor for god firstly but i loved her that much that whatever she did so when she got baptized i said to her i said well i gotta get baptized next she says no she said babe you don't got to do that because i did one i'm not losing no intimacy with you we gotta keep doing that
0: and i don't want to be in it
2: (laughs) i go that can't go but i don't we what i don't want to do because i still have admiration because i admire my mother as a woman i admire my sisters as my sisters so for you as now as my wife, I would never dishonor you because I don't dishonor my, my female role models in my life. I don't want you to have to be fighting the tug of war between pulling me into what you believe versus what I believe.
3: Mm-hmm. What
2: I can do, that's nothing for me to say, if I love you instead of me telling you, let me show you how much I'm willing to go. Then I'm even willing to get baptized and learn about this God that you tell me about. Yes, I'm willing to go and find out exactly why you're so driven to go this way, why you're so driven to want to pull me one way reluctantly sometimes because you don't know how I'm going to respond. But what is what's in it? What's what's the thing about this God? What did this God give? And it's like seeing your wife go that way. And I see her, you know, going to her emotion and it's a spiritual emotion. It's happiness. And I see her going to tears. I'm like, yeah, I, I was born Muslim and I've never seen this reaction this uh, this has to be right. This has to be right. So I basically just followed what I knew that was going to make her happy. And during that that submission, I was able to find out my way that the Lord created all and all belongs to God.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So everything that she did, when I see in the church, she, my wife is an intercessor. So she'd be part of like the, the behind the scenes, praying up the pastor, making sure that the atmosphere, as we call it, is set so that the sermon can be delivered and praise and worship can be delivered. You know, it's an admirable position. And I just said, my job is to make sure that she's in her peace and that these children are at at, at base and that they're going to stand, as we used to say, stand akimbo. Stand akimbo meaning that their hands are at their waist and they're sitting there in honor to know that we're here for God's reason. We're not here for our own reasons. Mm -hmm. So that was, I stand by that. And I think a lot of fathers, whether you're in a marriage or you're co-parenting, it doesn't matter. A lot of men, they don't understand that your job is to make sure that if your son or daughter raises their tone to the mother, it's your job. It's not her job. It's your job to say, how many times did your mother call you? For you to respond. As soon as she calls you, it's supposed to be yes, mom. There's, a, there's, a, there's an admiration, because you that's your mother. And a lot of fathers and males, they, don't, they think, well, as long as the children listen to me, I could care less what they do with their mom. Mm-hmm. So then what we're failing to understand is the child's going to grow up and then treat their relationship the same way, whether they just become boyfriend and girlfriend or they go to step to become in marriage. And we just basically made a decision that we both come from error. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, my family is better or my view of what I was better or what she saw was better. We both come from error. So at what point in generation are we going to try to make a right? So we came and we tried some things. We truly didn't have the, the blueprint for it. We tried some things that worked, and because they did work, because it wasn't her way, my way, it's the way, we used that, and we've done it to raise our family. So we're trying to here to share. Now there's a blueprint. And my point, I was listening to uh, uh, another uh, interview podcast, and the gentleman was saying that this generation of males are the first generation of males that are actually figuring out how to be a father.
3: Mhm mhm so yes. that would
2: mean our fathers our grandfathers great grandfathers down to our ancestral line the males never had a clue how to become a father there was no fatherhood it was just men laying with women putting whatever semen in the woman for her to for her and that's it they called that family but it was never a family it mm-hmm. was just that you had the, the, it's real it with just procreation it wasn't a family so what we done. In this it's a feat for the entire generation, and not just for our family, for all families, for all mothers, all fathers. That guess what? If we try some things that we're so called uncomfortable trying and going against the grain of what culturally we're supposed to be doing, or the moment we try something right as people of color, they say we're white.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, mm-hmm. if you grew up with your, if you grew up with your mom and dad in the house, they say, well, you're not really black. Mm-hmm. That's craziness to me. So we, we've we just we've just changed the narrative. That's all we've done. We've changed the narrative. We're not more special than anyone. We don't have the answers more than anyone. But what we found is that in our time, in the time and the years that God gives us to live, we have a narrative where we're like, hey, this is not our way. We just applied it and found out. Apply this to your family. Promise you it'll work. Because yeah. it's God's call. It's
0: going to work. And that's what we've done. There's so much that you said there that I want to unpack. Like, okay, so let let's start with the fact that So those who regularly listen to the show, they know that I'm a crier. So halfway through when you were speaking, especially when you were honoring your wife, I'm sitting here trying to like hold my tears (laughs) because I'm like, it is so beautiful. Even how you came to Christ. It is so beautiful how you wanting to love through action, how you strive to maintain that connection with your wife. It is so beautiful. And in many times as you were speaking, you talked about, you know, what we didn't have as representation or what we did have as representation that, you know, wasn't healthy. But that term representation matters. I think it's it's understated because whether we're talking about culture, whether we're talking about relationship, whether we're talking about education, whatever it is that we're talking about, if we don't have an example, a visual example of that, because we are visual people, as people, we think in pictures. So even your metaphor of the, the gallery and the artist, like that was so beautiful. I'm like, w-? like, I feel like I, this is part of the joy for me when I get to interview people that I already know. Cause it's like, yeah, I know you, but having these conversations, like I'm getting to know, know you <laughs> like, yes. Yes. so my, my respect, my level of respect for you is actually raised having these conversations because, you know, in our everyday interactions, we may not uh, dig deep to like the core of why someone believes a certain thing or where their beliefs come from. But I have much more respect for you, Prince, and actually for both of you as a couple, just having this conversation right now. And and Prince, yeah. you spoke about things that we seen growing up, you know, from our parents, and especially as as men. What did you learn about emotions growing up and how has it helped you or hurt you?
2: Man, um, emotions has taught me think before you speak. One of the most powerful lessons, emotions, the think before you speak, I really believe you can't take back certain things because once you say something, it's a seed that's already planted in another person's mind. So that's one thing I've seen my father make comments. I've heard my mother make comments, things that that they didn't realize when they were saying it, it affected me too.
3: Mm-hmm. And it
2: affected our siblings. And that's that's the, the selfishness in relationships. So it's taught me that. It's taught me that um, I don't like to visit, how would I say it? I don't like to visit emotions when error occurs, meaning that my wife doesn't have to come to me in tears about something for me to identify that something's wrong.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I've learned that. With emotions that even when we're good and we're not having a disagreement and we're not you know she's not talking to me I'm not talking to her she's you know she's leaving early so I don't see her and I'm leaving early so she can't see me we're being childish but we're having relationship part of marriage I try to practice it I try to practice by by saying is everything okay with you is there anything that I did I do anything you're tired you are need do you need something to eat I try to basically I try to probe all the different areas so that I can clear the ear on, if you choose to be quiet, I just wanna know you're not quiet because of me and I'm asking you. So even if you tell me later, you can't say I didn't ask you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, kind of, that's kind of my job as the male is I wanna make sure that, did I do something? Or I can also identify that it's maybe something you don't wanna talk about right now. But I'm trying to pass the olive branch to say, okay, do you wanna get something to eat? You might respond and say, cause there's so much icebreakers, She might say, you know, in a tone, she says, I would like that. I wouldn't mind that. Let's go. And I'm like, okay, I'll be <laughs> able to break the, uh, break the ice over us eating lunch or over dinner. She's going to tell me. And then as soon as she sees the environment and the ambiance that's there, she's going to say, you know, you know, when I came from work, I just said, I've broken the ice. Mm -hmm. I I, I, but I love her unconditionally to go that length some people in in, in these marriages they want marriage and they want this man and they want this specific kind of woman you know I want this woman that looks like this and to be shaped like this and this man to be built like this that's just the external part but they're not really signed up for the real thing the real thing is, is that do you love that person unconditionally even when they're giving you the cold shoulder even when they're giving you attitude and maybe misusing their emotions towards you, are you willing to really sit down and say babe, what is it you need? They't love you. I'm a little annoyed because I'm human, but what can I do to make things clear that you can voice what's going on with you
3: mm-hmm. and that's
2: an everyday that's an everyday growth, it's an everyday thing, and that will be until you know I'm 80, ninety years old. We're old people still in, 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 in unconditional love and, and merit. It just comes down to wanting to do the work, looking at what we've been given in our blessings. That's what makes you look back and say, okay, it's worth it because look at what we built. We're building an empire here. We have okay. these 10 children, we've built business, we we built all these different things. She has, as I was telling her, she has 100 desires that I always back for the fact that I love to see her do what she's doing. I wanna mm-hmm. see her win, that she wins, I win. So i try to back her. I may not have the same desires. So even that's part of the marriage. You got to be able to look and say, well, she's very active. You got to be a strong man to be around a Monique because she's (laughs) very active. She wants to do her thing. She wants to move. But for me, I just want to be respected for her to realize that men have different language. Our language is different. If I get respect, I'll give her anything in the world.
3: She Mm -hmm. respects
2: my language. My language is not love. I love you. I love you. If she told me I love you, twice a week, I'm good with that. But if Mm -hmm. you told me to respect me seven days a week, I'm over, I'm over the hill on that. You respect me, that's men's language. You respect me, you respect what I say. You respect the authorities and the dominion that God has given me. You respect that. I have no reason to object to anything that you want to do. I'll Mm -hmm. make sure that everything you want to do, because I know that women need more to be able to progress more than males. We're cavemen. Women need, women are changing all the time and women deal with, I tell you all the time, they deal with judgmental of other women and dealing with their own women community. I know that as a male, which a lot of males don't really understand that women are always fighting, like they're always fighting, fighting for everything, fighting for more pay, fighting for respect. They're always fighting. So I get that. So I try to minimize it by saying, you know, babe, what do you need to do? Well, I want to do this, 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 that. I said, okay, it looks like you're going to do all of them.
3: <laughs> which, which
0: which which one to do, do first? <laughs> <laughs> so you know you know what I hear, I hear in all of that okay a couple of things I hear that you always leave the door open for communication and I well hopefully we all understand the importance of communication in, in any form of relationship but there are plenty of men that have a hard time with communication whether it, them not knowing how or it being uncomfortable for them or them not wanting to hear what's going to be said. But from what I I understood from what you said, it was like, not only are you constantly asking um, and paying attention to communicate with your wife, but then also knowing that she is someone who likes to evolve and to create and has all these things going on, you also, through communication, are supporting what it is that she wants to do, which again, a lot of men cannot because of their ego. And then at the same time, you will do whatever it is that she wants to, to make her happy as long as there's respect and respect in a form of like, you know, I'm respecting you through love, not in a respect of like ego where like, you know, you have to respect me just because I say so. Does that make sense?
2: No control. No no control. So yeah. Respect. Re- lots of sex and lots of respect. Yeah. Lots of sex. <laughs> lots of, <respect>. lots, of <laughs> lots of sex. Lots multiple days of sex. Lots of sex. Lots of respect. Sex, sex, <laughs> sex, sex.
0: Madam, then- said, "Are you sure you want this man <laughs> know. On Listen, you, know, you know what's funny? Um, so there's another couple that I went to high school with, and they're you know they're still married. So it's been a long time. And the wife was saying, like, Mo, you were there because it was at the brunch. And she was like, right. I have a license. So basically her marriage license, she has a license to have as much sex as she wants. She has a license That's to do right. what she wants. She is married. She is licensed. <laughs> so nobody can That's tell right. her nothing. <laughs> That's right. Don't play me no game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Mo, I have a question for you. Because when you are in a relationship with someone who is communicating and leaving the door open for communication. And also you have 10 children, but this person has now communicated to those children how to honor, respect, and love you. Like you don't have to lift a bag. So like for you, knowing that you have that support around you from both your husband and your children, what lessons have you learned about having a healthier relationship with yourself? Wow. I think one of the greatest
1: lessons I've learned is to earnestly and and constantly grow hmm. because I think growth allows me to have eyes to see the efforts of my family towards me. Hmm. I think a lot of the times that we as women, um, sometimes based on your own frustrations, your own goal setting, things that you want to do for yourself, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, we can get consumed in ourselves and sometimes we don't see the efforts of our family. So I think the aspect and the importance of growth for me uh, with the wisdom, I want to say solely, I have to give so much honor to my my walk in faith and just having a relationship with Holy Spirit to be able just to hear that quiet voice that can guide me in uh, knowing how to honor my family for how they treat me. Because if I don't see it, then I, I'm really shooting myself in my foot. Or we always say, like, you're really biting off your nose to spoil your face, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i not walking self selfishly mm-hmm. and um, being all consumed within myself. I, it really is important for me to grow to be able to see exactly what my family does towards me.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay, so before we go to the final segment, I want you both to s- like let people know where they can stay connected with you, where they can learn more from you, and about you. Well, I'll tell you. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not claiming it anymore. We
1: are really making a conscious decision to be more visible to the platforms and and connecting with individuals. So we do have some. Some construction, some work to do on that side. But uh, just for you know, my everyday, I, I always say my Mama Prince lifestyle, faith, family, fun, and adventure, and business. You can get me on Instagram at Mama Prince of Ten, and also you can get my husband at Prince Shepherd on Instagram. And uh, the, the word shepherd is spelled S-H-E-P-P-H-E-R-D, um, has a lot to do with his music that he does and some of his projects that he's working on. And we have our, our website that we're working on right now for our real estate investment uh, project, as well as my women's group, um, Beauty Secrets. And you can get Beauty Secrets on Instagram as well. And that's beauty, the word beauty, S-E-E-K-R-E-T-S, Beauty Secrets on Instagram. Any other platforms, babe? Are you on Clubhouse or no? Uh, My platform
2: is Prince Shepherd Music, and it's only one P. It's S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D, and it's Prince Shepherd Music. A lot of the people that want to just even follow us, they don't understand that. You know, having 10 children and still doing us is not easy. It's nothing mm-hmm. easy to do. you gotta, you got to show up every day. And because there's so much little ones looking when we don't show up, they can take that, and take that picture we had. We put that portrait up in the gallery. They said, oh, so when I get into my marriage and I don't feel like talking things through and being communicative with my partner, I'm just going to go for a drive and come back tomorrow. Well, why? Because they saw their father do that. So all those things, when I have that in my flesh feeling like I'm gonna go for a drive, I fight it to say no. Let me not run away from the problem that had. Let me stay home. Quietness will eventually become conversation. We'll have a conversation at some point whether she starts or I start it. The reality is that we're gonna talk through it. We gotta change the narrative because that's the typical way to do it. When we get a disagreement, She's going to go to her mom's, I'm going to go to my mom's, or you're going to go with your girlfriend's. And that's what marriage does. And I'm, we are trying so hard to say, no, we're not going to go to a club. We're not going to go have some liquor. We're not going to do that. We're going to sit down as adults and sit through this. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. And a lot of people are taking the easier route until it fails. And then they come and they listen to a Makini podcast and they listen. They're like, wait a minute. There's some unorthodox ways to do it. We're raw and uncut. We mm-hmm. really are, because we're not coming from the greatest pictures, my wife and I. We're not really coming from the perfect gallery. We're coming from like a, almost like a, a abstract gallery where everyone just came in with paintbrushes and just threw splattered paint on the wall, and it wasn't really a picture. They said, oh, it's abstract, nothing. That's what we were given to look at. I've mm-hmm. seen some red. I've seen some blue, and we're like, what is this? Oh, it's a picture. M- M- Monique was like, this ain't a picture to me. It looks like splattered paint. <laughs> so, so at least we've taken those that that paint and turned it into a picture, so our kids can say, "This is what honor looks like. It's blue. Mm-hmm. This is what love looks like. It's green. It doesn't have to be red because it's love. Love mm-hmm. is green. That's the picture my mom and dad showed me. Love is green. Support looks red. That's the picture my dad and mom hung up in the gallery that we're looking at. At least when they go into the world, they have some sort of way to start and say." I know how to do some things and honor the other person that's the opposite sex of me. I know how to at least start something and be present and not be individual in a, in a union. I, I stand on that. That's what we have broken those barriers. Firstly, it's black people of color. We've broken some doors that, you know, black people, your girl gets pregnant. You're like, I'm out. That's three. That's too much. Right. <laughs> three. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my wife got to be busy. got to keep up with her, but it's part of it.
0: (laughs) So I will, I will definitely have all of the direct links um, in the detailed section of the episode. So people can just click and connect with you directly. They don't have to worry about how to spell it. They can just follow you straight from the link in the detailed section. Thank you,
1: McKinney, for saving (laughs) me.
0: (laughs) I got you. I got you. (laughs) Okay, so for the final segment, it's like a rapid fire. I don't really like rules, so I I try not to keep you too much into a box. But, you know, you can answer one word, one sentence. And if you feel the need to expand, please feel free to do so. Okay, both of you, what would you say is your superpower? Not giving up. Mm.
2: Um, my semen.
3: Attention. <laughs> right. oh, <laughs> <mercy>. oh, <mercy. laughs> Amen. Amen. No you're not joking. Next <laughs> no, <I'm> joking. <laughs> question. No, you're not joking. joking. Next question. No, Next
2: no. question. All right. All right okay. My so, superpower is my mind. My mind. My mind.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. I say I keep the first one. <laughs>
2: No, no, no. You want to keep the first one. My mind is my first superpower. My <laughs> mind is the superpower. God, she's even as her. She has 30 more kids. My <laughs> mind is my superpower. That's my mind, machine. my
3: mind, my mind.
0: Okay. F- okay. Um, Mo, what, um, other than the Bible, name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life?
1: i know um i'm gonna start with the i'm gonna say the most recent one that i've i've read and dissected the 5 a.m club Mm.
0: i just finished that one because you recommended it Yes. (laughs) all right all right okay prince for you what failure has taught you the most about life and do you have a favorite failure
2: Oh, McKinney's dope with these questions. This is crazy. Um, <laughs> so
0: good, so good.
2: Oh, man, I got like Santa Claus bag full of failures. I gotta think. Um one that, that that I stand by. Um, you know what I'll say? One of my failures in my younger years, and I think that I don't realize sometimes that's more available to me. And I'm not saying that I mean for me at least Prince to Access is that I think I could have I could have made less mistakes if I had taken help. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of my fears. I, I I tend to I tend to be able to I guess maybe because of how I'm wired or whatever my whatever trauma experiences that's happened that allowed me to be wired that I'm just going to do it myself. I've been doing that so long that I've kind of just created my own island of I'm just going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that there are some people that are that are willing to help me and it's it's come to a fault but now i have eyes to see to grow due to growth and and obviously you wouldn't i wouldn't see this in my 30s or in my 20s i see it now in my 40s that um there is a system of of people and a community uh, whether it's a small group that that are willing to help you and that it's been one of my failures that's it's happened due to whatever circumstance and i i tend to access that now due to my new development
0: Mm. I love that. Um, I, I feel like the more people our age that I ask that question, you know, we, how do I say this? We acknowledge that we need help. You know, I was talking to a young man the other day, he's 18 years old, and he, because of his family hurts and people disappointing him and letting him down, in his mind, he doesn't want to ask anybody for help. He feels that, you know, he can figure it out on his own. And it's like, life is going to be very complicated for you, young man. <laughs> if you do not learn the importance of asking for help, we're wired for connection. You don't have to go through things alone. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning?
2: Is that for you, babe? Or-
0: no, both go of for you. it.
2: Go for it, babe. No, you go for it.
1: The first, thing, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, as I watch my feet dangle on the ground, I'm like, God, five more minutes, please. I don't want to <laughs> get up. <laughs> but I really just say, thank you, Lord, for another day. Mm-hmm. Not always a long prayer. Really just as, thank you, Lord, for another day.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Prince?
2: Very, very much the same. I wake up and I don't really, I don't let my feet touch the ground until I've actually said that majority of the times where when I wake up, I just need to, I know the privilege of waking up. I know that it's a privilege and um, I've had very much people close to me that never woke up. Mm -hmm. So I I tend to, I show so much thanksgiving in the littlest things in a time that we're in where people are just so ungrateful. I just try to show, you know, attitude is gratitude. I try to uh, be thankful when I wake up and you know, say my prayers, and then I, I continue my day. I think that if I don't do that, my day doesn't go well. So that's the first thing that I do every single day.
0: Okay. Mo, what do you do when you feel vulnerable in your relationship? It's an added component
1: that I've added to my life in the last, I want to say, two years. But I have created a quiet space for myself where I, I place myself there and A lot of the times lay prostrate on the ground with not much to say or sobbing and just take that quiet time for myself to collect, to collect my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, Never really retreating to really picking up the phone. Sometimes when I do feel very vulnerable or feeling low, I sometimes feel like there's no one who can comprehend the feeling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really retreat to that quiet space and just do what I need to do. Prostrate, sob, <laughs> kick, scream, sometimes cuss, and then ask for forgiveness after. You know, mm-hmm. um,
0: but yeah, that's that's what I do. Okay, Prince, what's your definition of what it means to be a man?
2: Oh, this is real good, Makini. You're pretty good. <laughs> good. Thank you. That's good.
1: that's my friend. That's my
0: friend. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> give me give me clarity again what's the definition of what's, is what's your
0: definition man? of what it means to be a man how do you define what it means to be a man
2: oh i thought you said okay good i thought you said a real man okay but just be a man <laughs> um my definition of a man is to always be thoughtful always arise to the occasion always find a way to as a male a real man is able to cry. He's able to express himself without being in worry or in awe that people might think that he's too feminine or has too many feminine characteristics because he expresses. His his intellectual emotional state is so high that sometimes we you know we're accused of. Oh, you're, you're being you're acting like a girl. No, a lot of men don't express enough. So I think real men. Real man, a man, I would define the man who can express himself, especially to a woman verbally, and a real man takes his fault, but moves forward and can forgive and forget.
0: Mm. Okay. Mo, describe yourself in one word.
1: Man, Katie, why don't you do this to me? You've got to <laughs> edit this out, girl. I can't with you. I just can't. You've got to edit this out. so, <laughs> one word, one word. One word.
0: I don't know. If I had to describe you in one word, I would say yeah. graceful. Amen. <laughs> that's that's the word that comes to mind for me right now. Amen. What
2: word? What what, what what word? Graceful. Graceful. Wow. She 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 can be. She,
3: yes. can, be.
2: <laughs> she can be. She can be. <laughs> for the most for the for the most part, that's her. That's what she was designed and called to be—is graceful. But yes. life happens. Life, life happens. But we're yeah, we're
1: all yeah. human, right? <laughs> yes. All yeah, human. yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, Makini. You've given me some homework to think about one word because I really like. I really like um, fulfilling the request, and so I don't want to elaborate too much. But graceful is a beautiful word.
0: Like okay, I'm, so to, to both your points. I know Mo enough to know she is human, but right. the Mo that I see that she strives to be often is graceful. Amen.
2: Yeah. That's fair. I yeah. agree. I'm not in disagree. I agree.
0: Okay. Prince, okay. for you. <laughs> when and where are you the happiest?
2: Oh, when I'm in bed
3: with my wife.
0: Okay. Thank you. <laughs>
3: i got you all right all right okay well um, that's a,
2: for for any man for any man you know you have you have a wife when i'm in my wife and i'm in bed i'm great like i'm in i'm in i'm in heaven that's the best time. what other what's better than that like that's that's what it's about i
3: asked you if you were sure
2: that's what that's uh. the, the happiest that that respect in that come on man <laughs> that's what this. That, that's what this is. What we work for. This. That's man. We work Amen. for this. Uh, this. is why you guys
0: have been together over twenty plus years, and that uh, is why.
3: Listen. Children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oxytocin. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, for you both, what impact do you want to have in the world?
1: What impact do we want to have more
0: of? What What impact do you want to have in the world? Like, what What do you want your legacy oh. to be?
1: Operating in purpose and. Just, re- just a reference, you know. Just doing God's work until He comes,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so being fruitful, <laughs> multiplying, mm-hmm. subduing, and um, being very resourceful. Absolutely.
0: And you guys took that was- literally: multiply and be fruitful. <laughs> multiply, be fruitful.
1: <laughs> yes. Listen, I'm a literal person. You say go, I'm gone. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would say, I would say everything she's saying, I would just add yeah. that, um, know that we are, know that when it's said and done and anyone reads our story or hears our story, we're just taking an example of two people, two imperfect people that tried to to meet perfection at all costs by trying.
3: Mm-hmm. Right
2: that's all we did we didn't and we didn't reach the heights of what we're doing and while we're still growing we never reached the heights because of degrees or because of finances being wealthy it simply was just having the ambition and the 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 urge of taking it 24 hours every day and trying
3: Mm -hmm. and just
2: trying and then when you try like you know, there's it costs nothing to pay attention. You know, people say you're too broke to pay attention. It's It, it costs nothing to try. And some people are so wealthy, but yet so broke in the area of trying.
3: Mm-hmm. They don't,
2: they, they don't want to try because they've been hurt. Do you know how many areas my wife and I have been hurting? We've been hurting every area that you can name in relationship, in situationships and friendships, but we still continue to try. We don't <laughs> say, okay, well, I don't want any friends. We've been hurting the friendship category. And your friendship is another ship. But when that ship sailed, we tried to start another friendship.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So we we, we 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 always try in every area, regardless of the situation, because we we give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to, you know, it's kind of like with us in culture. I think sometimes we get judged culturally when a person that's Caucasian or Asian has a problem with one black person, they judge the entire race. Mm hmm we try to do uh, what we try to do is opposite as I think as husband and wife is that we have our issues with, with, you know, humans that have done us wrong and maybe try to sabotage or hurt us individually or, and, and intentionally. But we kind of, we have that heart where we're like, let's keep trying again. Let's just try to get, give us some time to heal, but we're going to go back out there for sure. We're going to okay. go back out there and we're going to try. And we have, and, and most times we were able to handpick, you know, all glory to God for that. We're able to handpick and we find, hey, there are some good people out there. There are some people that are willing to, you know, that are also considerate and also see the picture that we're trying to display to everyone. We're not trying to be in, in, in the, in the lead of everything. We just want people to realize that we're here as brothers and sisters and we owe each other nothing but to love each other. And we just have to keep trying. And some people mm-hmm. just allow it hurts to say, you know, I've been hurt not trying anymore. So if you're not trying anymore, you might as well not be alive. Because you're right. still going to always be attacked. You're going to be attacked by life. Life's t- job is to is to test us. We have to pass those tests until we breathe no more. So, yeah, everything she said and more.
0: Despite the wreckage, you guys are shipbuilders. Friendship, relationship, partnerships, all kinds of ships. You continue to build. Yeah.
2: All kinds um. of ships, ships uh, all kinds of ships. Shipwreck, we get back up and we we, we, we get back on the water. We keep
0: yes. Okay. I love it. I love it. Honestly, thank you both for your time. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for the rawness, the realness. Thank you for letting me have the opportunity to get to know you guys deeper. Thank you for allowing the listeners to get a glimpse of the connection and honor that is within your relationship. Just thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, so, McKinney. So, and you're such a wonderful listener. Like you consumed all of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just,
1: just thank you. Thank you also. We very much so appreciate you.
2: Thank you, McKinney. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, for whether it's one time for the next 30 years. Thanks, uh, <laughs> um, having me, you're my wife's friend. And um, I honor that you, I say to my wife, I honor that you. you love my wife. I love mm-hmm. that you love my wife. I, 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 I appreciate that. I'm a I'm a protector and I try to always oversee who's for my wife, which is part of my job. And um I've always said to her, I says, That girl named Makini loves you. Kikini, McKinney, McKini Bikini, she loves you. She definitely loves you. You gotta um and you gotta keep them close. So which she's not letting you go anywhere anyway. So <laughs> thank you for that.
0: Well, I don't mm-hmm. know I her as my friend. I tell her, like, she's she's my sister. We may not have the same parents, but she is my sister. I love her that much.
1: You better believe it.
0: <laughs> and to all of you healers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. I want to hear what resonated with you in this episode. I want to hear how UC and Monique touched your heart or the gems that they've left you with. So leave it in a review so we can hear all about it. And I want to thank each and every one of you that continues to listen each week to help us rank in the top 1.5% of most popular shows globally. And that's out of over 3 million podcasts. I'm going to challenge you guys to share this episode with five people. Whether they are married, aspire to be married, whether they are single, celibate, you name it, I want you to share this with someone that needs inspiration about the beauty of connection and relationship and honoring your partner. And feel free to screenshot this episode. You can tag us on Instagram, you can tag Monique at Mama Prince of Ten. You can tag UC at Prince Shepherd Music, spelt with one P, and you can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. So let's continue to heal her.